0: The word epiphany means manifestation, to make known. Today, traditionally celebrated on January 6th, but transferred to to this Sunday in America, we celebrate what we often associate in our gospel with the the arrival of the the three kings, the three magi, as St. Matthew calls them in Bethlehem. And uh, we notice that our statues in our manger scene have made their their journey. There was a debate this week. Uh, shouldn't the Magi start their journey because they were they were over here? And then someone pointed out, you know, shouldn't they be getting going? And sure enough, they've they've made it. So there they are, uh, worshiping the little Christ Child in the manger scene. And so that is certainly part of the the story today. But the, the word manifest, epiphany, really is is much more of a symbolic word today. Just as the the Magi. Arrive Symbolically, this represents the manifestation of Jesus to all peoples. These non-Jewish magi, in a way, represent us, Gentiles, non-Jews, that this Jewish Messiah will very much be for all the people. And today we know that that means even all the people who still today do not know Jesus. Jesus is not just one great figure amongst many great figures in history. Rather, we know and we pray that it would be more manifest that he is God, the only God, come in the flesh. And therefore, he is for all people, even those who do not yet know him. And so today we pray that he would be made more manifest to our world. But I'd like to to focus a bit today on these magi. It, It seems a little difficult in that we, we don't really know much about them at all. Uh, it's a little mysterious, magi, uh, we get the word magic, magician from it today, and even in the days of the, the magi, they were a, a bit of a strange group, kind of uh, astronomers perhaps that observed the sky in a somewhat scientific way, but also a bit like astrologers, you know, trying to find meaning in the, the stars. So I'd like to, to focus today on three things that I think we can know about the Magi and, and even imitate them. And being that I'm a, a canon lawyer and a lover of liturgy, I, I have a Latin word uh, today, three letters, P, A, and X, which in Latin is the Latin word peace, Pax, P-A-X. And uh, I'll use each of those letters today for one of my three points. And The the P in pox I'd like to draw your attention to is the fact that the the Magi were obviously paying attention. So P is for pay attention. We hear Matthew tell it that uh, the Magi say that we saw his star at its rising. And yet this, this can't be just any star in the sky. First of all, because Herod didn't see it. The other people in Jerusalem didn't see it, at least most of them. So the Magi had to be paying attention and saw something that that other people did not see. What was it? Well, there are lots of theories, and I'll say that the church has not proclaimed anything definitively about what exactly the Star of Bethlehem was. A lot of people in the history of the church have said it was some great supernatural light, like an angel that uh, would have appeared. And to some extent, I I could see that because this star, as it's described, it it does things that, you know, from my scientific point of view, stars don't do. Stars don't like physically lead people someplace. And and certainly a, a star in the sky couldn't point to a place on on earth. I mean, we see the stars, but how could that point to some place? So there is, you know, tradition that maybe this was a, an angel that that guided the magi. But there is also some some scientific information from astronomy. We have the the great benefit now of computer programs where you can put in Kepler's laws of motion into a computer program and and put the the night sky in any position and you want in, you know, going back millions of years. We know exactly where all the planets and stars would have been uh, on the night Jesus was born, and you could just put it in. From that, we can we can see that there are some subtle things, perhaps, going on in the night sky about the time of the birth of Jesus. Now, none of these, on their own, would would point exactly to Jesus or be the star of Bethlehem. But consider things like. Well, there's the the king planet Jupiter and the the king star Regulus. And they come together with the mother planet Venus in the, a constellation of the Ram that points to the the Jews in Jerusalem. And so could it be something like that? That the Magi would have observed something and say, Oh look, the, the king star is is going around in a circle as if to Crown, you know this this father planet, and then this the the constellation Virgo of the Virgin is okay. It could be something like that, and there was something like that going on in the sky at the time of the birth of of Jesus that would fit with Matthew's gospel to say we we saw his star, the Regulus King star, maybe or maybe it's the father planet Jupiter. We don't know, but we saw it and his rising. Where is the king? So perhaps there was something in the sky that made the Magi say, ah, I observed that and that and that and that, and that all to me says that a, a king has been born, and it appears to be in Jerusalem because of where it's at. Whatever it was, they would have paid attention and seen a sign that God allowed them to understand that it was the greatest sign that they'd ever seen. And this conjunction of planets, stars, whatever, it would have been the only time in their life that anything like this would have happened. So whatever it was, it was enough that they were paying attention, they saw what other people did not see, and were willing to go. So this P then, pay attention, maybe offer that to us to say, what signs is God giving you? You know, I think sometimes we ask for God to do big things. We want God to like hit us over the head and say, this is what I want you to do, or this is what this means, or here's the next step, or here's the whole plan. We, we like big miraculous signs from God. It tends not to work that way, though. It, it tends to be more subtle. He's going to speak to you in the, the stirrings of your heart if we give time in prayer to do that. He'll say, you know what, I, I think God wants me to do this. And then we take one step and God either confirms it or says, no, I don't, I don't think so, not that way. And if we're ever going to follow God, really, we have to take that quiet time to pay attention, to listen, to notice the way that God works. I think of those those magi at the time. They had no iPhones, no TVs, no radios, no stereo systems. They would spend their nights lying on the roof, maybe, looking up at those stars. They had time to pay attention. There were no distractions or other lights at night, just those stars. And if you've ever been out someplace alone where there is no city light to wash it out, think about how beautiful the sky is. And they would have known all those stars by name, so that when something amazing seemed to take place, they saw it. What amazing things is God doing in your life right now that maybe you're missing because you're not paying attention? So P, pay attention. Then there's A, -A P-A-X, P and A. The A in Pax is to act. Okay, The, the Magi not only saw this sign, but they were willing to act on it. And they said, this is so amazing this king that has been born in the land of the Jews, we must go, and they did. Now, these would have been comfortable people, probably living in in Persia, uh, well-to-do. They obviously were able to obtain gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and were able to make a long journey from Persia to Jerusalem. These were comfortable, well-to-do people, probably, and yet they were willing to go to see the sign, pay attention to it, and then act to go and make a journey to this foreign land where they would probably not be known or respected, but they go. So maybe we ask ourselves, are we maybe seeing the signs God says? Maybe we intuit, maybe God is asking me to make a change. Maybe God is saying, okay, now, maybe you thought about these things in your, your New Year's resolutions, things you'd like to do differently. Well. You know, there's the old saying if there are 3 frogs sitting on a lily pad and you know 2 decide to jump off, how many are left? 3, because deciding to jump off is not actually jumping off. So maybe you've decided I'm going to do this. Well, that's that's not enough. You have to actually do it. You have to act. And so pay attention, see what God wants you to do and then you got to do it. And it might not be easy. It was not easy for the Magi to make that journey. Then finally, X. And here you have to give me a little latitude because I'm going to say that X stands for exchange. I know. Okay, just go with it. P-A-X. X is for exchange. We pay attention. We see the signs. We're willing to act on them. And then exchange. By this, I mean that we need to Exchange our way of thinking, our plans, our desires. Exchange our hopes for God's. Notice this little line at the, the end of the gospel today. It says the, the Magi having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. This other way is what I mean by exchange. All of us are to some extent, called to exchange our plans, our way for God's, to go back by another way after we encounter Jesus. Now, this was a historical reality for the Magi because, of course, when Herod says, you know, go search and bring me word that I may do him homage. Well, he, we know from the slaughter of the holy innocents that we just celebrated a week ago that Herod doesn't want to go worship the Christ child he wants to kill the Christ child. He, he sees not overjoyed as the Magi are, but he sees a rival. He sees someone who must be destroyed because king of the Jews to him sounds like mm, this is a political rival that's been born. I will kill him now before he's even two years old. Herod is not willing to exchange his plans for God's. He cannot see that God intends not a overthrowing of Herod and his mere earthly power, but rather power to set free the nations, power to fulfill what has been promised of the Messiah. That kind of power. Herod can't make the exchange. How are we, perhaps, hard-hearted, seeing what God wants us to do? Maybe even encountering Jesus, but not willing to exchange. The truth is, all of us who are here today, in some way, like the Magi, have encountered Jesus. We are come to the manger. We're meant to during this Christmas season. We encounter Jesus every day in our brothers and sisters. We encounter Jesus in the poor and the immigrants. We encounter Jesus in the, the sacred scriptures that we can read. Most especially here at Mass, we encounter Jesus... In his very self in the Eucharist. Are we then willing to leave here by a different way? I mean we can fall into routine and like well it's Sunday we we come to mass because we're Catholic and we have to. Mortal sin and all don't want to go to hell so we'll come to mass. I'm thinking of you kids out there who got dragged to mass. Why do we have to go? Okay well truth is, for all of us, we we can't come to Mass, encounter Jesus in the Eucharist, and then just go back to our cars as if nothing happened. You know, some just like leave right after communion. That always makes me so sad to receive Jesus and just walk right out the door. That means you do not get who you've encountered. You are not willing to do what the Magi did and go by a different route. If you walk out of here having encountered Jesus and just go unchanged, then who cares about Christmas and everything we've done? If it's just, now I go back and do my thing for a week, well, then we've missed the whole point. Really, the, the end of the story today in our gospel is the point. You encounter Jesus and then you cannot be the same. Your life cannot be the same. You can't simply go back and do the same things. You can't leave this church by the same way that you came. We, too, are called to go by another way. So on this epiphany, Jesus is made manifest, not in maybe some big, miraculous way where he's going to bust through the walls or, you know, come in and ride a donkey into our church or something no, not even in the quiet peace of a manger here. Rather in the the subtleness, subtleness like a a star. Subtle enough that people like Herod and those in Jerusalem miss it completely. Subtle enough that God will not impose himself on you. Rather, he will shine today, not with the bright light of a sun, but the subtle light of a star, the star of Bethlehem, an opportunity, as it were. Pray today that you will find this peace, then, Pax, P-A-X, that you would pay attention. Where is God speaking? And then act on it. Might, might not be what God wanted. You're not going to be worse off. He'll redirect you. Act on it. And then finally, when, when you find God, when you encounter him, Well, you've got to go by a different way. Exchange your old way for the new one. You do all that, P-A-X, and you will have peace. Pox this Christmas.